Hey, this is Jared Wellman. I'm the lead pastor at Tate Springs, and this is our podcast. God is telling a story of hope and redemption. Hope and redemption. Redemption that can only be found through Jesus Christ. I hope that this is a blessing and inspires you to discover your part in God's story. Uh, it is a blessing and a privilege to be with you all today. If you see anyone wearing one of these Discover t-shirts, uh, they're likely either a student, a host, or a leader uh, that made this past weekend possible. Uh, and so I'm very, very grateful for them. Uh, I would love for y'all to take a, a second after the service and ask them, hey, how was the weekend? I want y'all to hear uh, how the weekend was and hear some of the stories uh, that happened. But today we're gonna be in Hebrews 11. Uh, now, before we get there, uh, before I actually started here, Jared and I had an interaction on Facebook. Uh, it was kind of during the World Series time, and he was like, basically, if you're living in the area and you're not rooting for the Rangers, what are you doing? Uh, but my name is Houston, so I feel like there's some tension there, and I said, man, I just, I can't help but root for the Astros because it's, it's in my name. Like, what else, what else am I to do? And Jared's response was perfect. He said, from now on, I shall call you Texas. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so, in the spirit of being a new Rangers fan, uh, I wanted to, to start off with some statistics. Uh, so th this is statistics from some of the greatest athletes currently in Dallas or for Dallas teams. Uh, we have, uh, first up, Adolis Garcia. Uh, his, yeah, some, some fans, okay. His batting average uh, is .244. Uh, the best in MLB history is Ty Cobb with .366. Adolis Garcia has won one World Series. Uh, next, I, I have Luka Doncic. Uh, his, uh, man, a standing ovation already. Uh, his free throw percentage is 74.4% for his career. Uh, the best in NBA history currently is Steph Curry. Uh, Luka Doncic has zero NBA championships so far. It, it, it is coming. Uh, Dak Prescott up next. His completion rate uh, is 67% for his career. The best in the NFL history uh, is Drew Brees, and Dak Prescott still has zero Super Bowls under his belt. Uh, maybe one day, maybe one day. And, and one of the things that I love about Dallas fans is every year I hear, this is our year uh, for the Cowboys. And every year seems like it's not the case, but y'all hold out hope. You're like, okay, it's possible. Here we go. And, and the Cowboys, usually up until the playoffs, play with hope. They play running the race well. Uh, they, they've had some really good seasons uh, where they compete, uh, and they compete with heart. Uh, and today, we're going to talk about what running the race looks like. We're gonna talk about what it looks like to run the race with hope, what it looks like to live with hope. These athletes play their best because they have a hope of victory in the future. They have a hope that keeps them going. And you'll see with sports teams, whenever the hope of the championship or the hope of the Super Bowl or the hope of the World Series is beyond their grasp, their morale drops, their performance drops, and they stop. 
they stop performing like they can, uh, and it's hard to watch. Uh, but the book of Hebrews uh, has two main ideas. Uh, one main idea is that Jesus is better. Jesus is better than everything else. The second main idea is remain faithful. Remain faithful despite everything that happens. Uh, and, and so we need to know that Jesus is our perfect sacrifice. He is our redeemer. He is our high priest. He is the ruler over all things. That's the context that has been established for us in Hebrews. Uh, and we're looking at Hebrews 11, which is sandwiched by exhortations to live in a manner worthy to continue the race in a glorified. And so before we jump into Hebrews 11, the sermon and a sentence for today is that as citizens of heaven, let us live by faith, following God's word in all situations. As citizens of heaven, let us live by faith, following God's word in all situations. And so we begin in Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3, which read, Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by it our ancestors won God's approval. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. And so we have a question we have to answer straight off the bat. What is faith? What is faith? Well, Hebrews lays out a pretty great definition. Uh, faith being the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. But that may still not be clear in your mind. Uh, and so I want you to know that faith is based off of hope. It is grounded in what our hope is, and it is the, the reality, the living out of that hope for the world to see. This is the evidence that we have hope. If there's evidence in your life that you have hope, that is faith being displayed. Faith is knowing God's promises to be true and acting accordingly. Faith is trust in action. If you're acting like God's word is true, then you are displaying faith according to what he has said and you are being obedient to him. Now, here in Hebrews 11, uh, verses 1 through 3, we also see that it is by faith that people are approved. It is not because of your works. It is not because of anything else you do, but instead it is by your faith in Christ, by the, the reality that Jesus has lived a perfect, sinless life, died sacrificially on the cross, and, and is resurrected from the dead and sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. That is what gives us hope. And when you live like that is true, when you live according to his word, then you are displaying faith, and that means that God is approving of you. We see this in the Old Testament. We see God saying, hey, Abraham is called righteous, not because of anything else that he has done besides the fact that he believed God's promises. And we're going to get to that more a little bit later on, but what I want us to see is that salvation has always been by this same vehicle. It is faith in God and trusting his promises. That's the only thing that can get us to heaven. That's the only thing that is of any value in our lives whenever it comes to our relationship with God. What makes us have that relationship with God is our faith in Christ. He's the only way that we are able to be in right standing with God the Father. And so God approves those of faith, for by it our ancestors won God's approval. And we also see that faith is tied to the assurance or confidence of what we cannot see. When we look around, you might not say, oh, I see God right in front of me. God, God's not standing right in front of us at all times for us to see physically. 
Instead, we know that through faith, we can see creation around us. We can see the order in creation. We looked at Genesis 1 through 3 on Friday night, and we saw that God created things as good. And from this, we can know there is a creator. What is invisible has made all things visible. God, who is all-powerful, has made all things, including us. And our faith gives us confidence in what we cannot see. Our faith tells us that God is good and that he has has created us. We see order and intentionality through the universe, and we see God's promises acted out daily. So faith, then, is our starting point of salvation. We've been talking about discovering your part in God's story. The students have been reading the story of Joseph, and they've heard how their role in God's story uh, is to trust in God's promises and to act accordingly, to live a life of faith. But I wanted to put some meat on the bones of what that looks like today uh, as we look at the hall of faith uh, here in Hebrews 11. And so faith is our starting point, but what does faith look like? Well, we're going to take a step back and, and say what faith doesn't look like. Faith is not measured by your momentary failures. I found it really interesting studying Hebrews 11 uh, and, and figuring out, okay, what, what does faith look like in a life? That whenever I read the list of characters, we see people who are flawed. And scripture doesn't mention their shortcomings. Scripture doesn't say, hey, look, Abraham did enough to outweigh the bad. He did enough to make it okay that, or, or to supersede the fact that he lied to the king about his wife, Sarah. We, we don't see that. We don't see uh, the times whenever Abraham lies again about his wife, Sarah. Uh, we, we don't see his struggles as something that's detracting from his life of faith. That, that isn't what determines his righteousness. We don't see uh, Noah being mentioned in Hebrews 11 uh, for the time he got drunk after the flood. That, that isn't what determines his righteousness. His good deeds didn't outweigh the bad, and at the end of the day, it was, okay, you're good enough, Noah. You, you lived a life of faith. That, that's not what happened. We don't see Sarah's doubt that she was going to bear a son come into play whenever we read Hebrews 11. Instead, we see that she is faithful and holds on. We don't see uh, Isaac's uh, struggles whenever we read Hebrews 11, uh, whenever he's trying to choose between Jacob and Esau. We don't see his favoritism coming into play here to determine his life of faith. We don't see Moses uh, struggling with being afraid to speak out on God's behalf and to speak the word of God as something that detracts from his faith here in Hebrews 11. We don't see Rahab's past uh, as a prostitute coming into play in Hebrews 11. We see her faith in God. We don't see Samson's disobedience as a judge. We don't see him neglecting his vow and the author of Hebrews saying, hang on a second, Samson had less faith because look at all of these bad things he did. We don't see David's shortcomings and the fact that he sent Uriah to the front lines to die mentioned here in Hebrews 11 to say, whoa, 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 David really wasn't all that great a guy or to measure his bad against his good. Faith is not measured by our momentary failures. Faith is not measured by these saints' momentary failures. That's not what's going on here. But that doesn't give us an excuse to live life however we want and say, okay, cool, if faith is not measured by these things, then let me just keep on going. But instead, the author of Hebrews writes, therefore, in, in Hebrews 12, therefore, 
Since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. And so we see that we're supposed to set these things aside. Our faith may not be measured by our momentary failures, but we should still leave them behind because that's not who we are. But that gives us hope because when we mess up, as surely we all will, we know that that is not the end of our story. We know that the race that we are running isn't a 100-meter sprint, but it is a marathon. And even if you stumble, you can continue to run because we have a hope that we can fix our eyes on. We have a hope that is greater than any shortcoming that we might have ourselves, which means students, as we've been talking about living a life of faith this entire weekend, I want you to know that when you go back to your schools and you mess up, because you will mess up, that doesn't mean that it's all for nothing. Instead, it means that you have a chance to get back up, leave that behind, and continue onwards, running towards our hope that we will be with Christ in heaven, that our Savior is waiting for us, establishing a new place for us. And so we read these examples of what faith is in Hebrews 11, 4 through 40. By faith... Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts. And even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. By faith, Enoch was taken away. And so he did not experience death. He was not to be found because God took him away. For before he was taken away, he was approved as one who pleased God. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So it was by faith that Enoch was taken away because he pleased God by faith. By faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. He trusted God's word as true, even though he had never seen rain before, even though he had never seen a flood before, Noah, by faith, trusted God and built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose architect and builder is God by faith Abraham was willing to follow God he knew that God was building something better for him he knew that he was going to inherit a great promised land and I believe that that promise is the same for us God is preparing a city for us that we will dwell with him in that we have this hope that we will be with our creator again, that we know that we are reconciled. And so it is by faith that Abraham went. And by faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age, since she considered that the one who had promised was faithful. 
Therefore, from one man, in fact, from one as good as dead, came offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and as numerable as the grains of sand along the seashore. By faith, Abraham and Sarah had a son, Isaac, who is the child of promise. And we see Abraham continue to believe that God is faithful to his promises. Abraham's faith, Sarah's faith, Noah's faith, Abel's faith, Enoch's faith are all based upon the hope that we have in God because we know that he is faithful and his promises are true. And students track this all the way back to Genesis 3.15 on Friday. God crushed the serpent's head whenever Jesus died on the cross and he resurrected to prove that he had victory over the grave. And so we do not run as those without hope. We do not participate as those who don't have an opportunity at the championship. Instead, our hope is greater. We know that we will win because we have our hope based in the victory that Christ has already won for us. These all died in faith. Although they had not received the things that were promised, But they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. By faith, they lived their lives, and in faith, they died, and they died well. What we see is that their life was not, their, their faith was not measured by their momentary failures. Rather, their faith was measured by a lifetime of trusting God's promises. Their faith wasn't measured by one individual misstep, but instead the fact that their entire path was pointed towards the promises of God, and they knew that he was going to be faithful to bring about those promises as true. The author of Hebrews continues, uh, going back to the start of verse 13, these all died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised, but they saw them from a distance greeted them and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. Now, those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. Abraham knew that he was a foreigner in the promised land until God gave it to him. He was seeking a homeland, a better place. And if they were thinking about where they came from, they would have had an opportunity to return. But they now desire a better place, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. All of these Old Testament saints left behind their old ways of life. They left behind their their life at home. Abraham left his family and went according to God's promises. He went according to what God commanded him to do, and he trusted that God would fulfill his promises, and he has, for Abraham has now been made a great nation. And from Abraham, all the nations of the world are blessed because from Abraham, we have David, and from David, we have Christ, who offers redemption and reconciliation to all people. So God is faithful to keep his promises. Abraham no longer was worried about staying with his family. Instead, Abraham knew that he was called to something greater. So too, we must not concern ourselves with our old ways of life. Instead, we look forward to the homeland that we are promised in Christ. Our hope is that this world isn't the end, but that we have a home with God because of the redemption and reconciliation that we have in Christ, who endured the cross, 
despised the shame, and who now sits at the right hand of the throne of God. That is our hope that our faith is founded on, and that tells us that we are no longer citizens of earth, but our homeland is instead with our king, with our savior in heaven. And so we look forward to that, and we run the race with that hope in our eyes, with that hope set before us as our prize. And we continue on and see that by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, believed God's promise to be faithful and was willing to sacrifice Isaac, knowing that God would even raise Isaac from the dead because God keeps his promises. He considered God to be able to raise someone from the dead, and therefore he received him back Figuratively speaking, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, and he worshiped leaning on the top of his staff because he knew God was going to be faithful throughout generations, even if he doesn't get to see the end results of God's faithfulness in his own life. So he worships. By faith, Joseph, as he was nearing the end of his life, mentioned the exodus of the Israelites and gave instructions concerning his bones. He knew that he would be in the promised land even if he was dead. God was going to be faithful to his promise to take him there. By faith, Moses, after he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw that the child was beautiful and they didn't fear the king's edict. Moses's, faith, Mo, Moses's parents acted in faith to keep him safe. And by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, since he was looking ahead to the reward instead of what was around him. Instead of looking at what he could have had in this life, he had a hope that was greater. By faith, he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger. For Moses persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. Moses persevered as one who knows God and has a relationship with him and knows that God is beautiful and greater. By faith, He instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch the Israelites. He was obedient to God's command. By faith, they crossed the Red Sea as though they were on dry land. When the Egyptians attempted to do this, they were drowned. By faith, Moses was obedient to God and God was faithful to bring them out of bondage and into freedom. And by faith, the Israelites ended up receiving the promised land and the walls of Jericho fell down after being marched around by the Israelites for seven seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute welcomed the spies in peace and didn't perish with with those who disobeyed because she knew that God was better than the life that she was living in Jericho. And what more can I say? We can trace a history of faithfulness from the Old Testament all the way to Jesus, all the way through church history to now and see men and women who followed God faithfully, even to the point of death because they knew his promises were greater and because their eyes were fixed on a greater promised land. Their eyes were fixed on a greater future than any sufferings or pain in this world could ever, ever compromise or 
fight against. They had a hope that helped them to continue to run. And we see this in Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength and weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Other people were tortured, not accepting release, so that they might gain a better resurrection. They knew that the future life was better than what they were currently going through. Others experienced mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes and the ground, and despite all of the terrible things that they went through, they continued to live by faith in all situations because their citizenship wasn't here on this earth, but their citizenship was tied to God in heaven, and they knew that they had a greater hope. So enduring these temporary things was worthwhile to know that they would be with God, their creator, forever. Verses 39 and 40 reveal an awesome truth to us. All of these, all of these faithful men and women were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. God could have come then, but in his mercy and in his desire to have a relationship with you, for you to know him and be with him, God delayed. God delayed the promise to these saints so that we would be made perfect with them, so that we would be included in the promise, so that we may share in such a great inheritance, so that we would know our king and draw close to him. God delayed. And here the author of Hebrews points to us and says, hey, hang on a second. All of these people who are approved by faith, guess what? The number is being added to daily. Those who are approved by faith in Christ who will come to know him and who will come to be loved by him and to spend eternity with him forevermore. That is the promise that God gives us today, that we can know him and that we can continue to be with him. And so I praise God for every second that he continues to delay because that means that more souls can come to know him and that we have more brothers and sisters in Christ and that heaven will be all the more a party and the new earth will be all the more sweet for everyone who turns to Jesus and is reconciled and redeemed by his blood. And so my plea to you is that by faith, no matter where you find yourself, you would live as citizens of heaven, following God's word in all situations. Whether you find yourself at your wit's end or at your bank account's end or at your very own pain tolerances and yet you have nothing that you can think you can go any further continue to be faithful to God's word because God's word is faithful God's promises are true and he will come back for his bride as citizens of heaven let us live by faith following God's word in all situations leaving behind our old ways of life repenting of sins laying those down at the altar 
If you're in this room and you don't have this hope, I want you to know that you can. In mercy, God has delayed and he continues to delay so that you too may know him and receive the great inheritance that he has provided for us. There is room for you within the family of God. You are invited into God's story. If you're in this room and you've stumbled in the race or you've slowed down your pace and you don't know if you can continue to go, I want you to know that you're not running alone. You can look to your left and your right and you can see brothers and sisters in Christ. You can look up and know that even if none of us are faithful, God is and he will continue to be faithful forevermore. Don't dwell on your failure. Lay it down at the foot of the cross and look forward to God's promises. Being surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, for the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, because you are his joy. As the band comes up, this altar is open, and I invite you to lay down your burdens, to leave behind your sins, to lay down any lies that you've been living or telling to lay down anything that continues to ensnare and to run forward, fixing your eyes solely on our hope, which is Christ and him crucified and him resurrected, that we might know him and live with him forevermore. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for delaying another day that we may come to know you that others may come to know you, to receive this inheritance, to be counted as a son and a daughter. God, help us to only ever fix our eyes on you and to recognize that our citizenship is not of this world, but instead our citizenship belongs with you forevermore. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. At Tate Springs, we believe God is telling a story of redemption that can only be found in Jesus Christ. If you'd like more information on how you can have that kind of a relationship, please visit tatesprings.com and let us know. We love you and want to help you discover your part in God's story.